Welcome to Enchilada Casserole Podcast with Felipe Esparza. Oh yeah, Lisa Esparza too. <laughs> What's up everybody? To a whole new microphone, man. Right, back I can't even hear myself. No. So now I'm getting even weirder. Just talk like you're having a conversation. Just talk like this, my head down. <laughs> really oh my god, you've been weird this whole trip. No, you've been weird. You suck. <laughs> I suck. I'm just kidding. No, you know what? You suck, huh? You ever travel with people and you get sick of them in two days? Well, I'm not, I'm not sick of Lisa. <laughs> no, you just brought that up out of nowhere. <laughs> no, I, I'm having fun, actually. I'm not sick of you either. What happened to my donut? You ate it? No, there's something in there. And there's a box in there with your weird donut you got. Been here uh, four days. We got here on, on um, I forgot what day we got here. Thursday evening. Thursday night. Say something. Are <laughs> you talking now? No. Oh my god, you, know, you ever travel with somebody and you get sick of them after three days? Oh wait, I already talked about that. I got sick of her in a plate. <laughs> no. The first night we went down to the East Village to hang out. We were on a plane. We, we oh. got, um, we flew, um, Virgin. Virgin American. And, um, we had the um, leg room over here. Exit row. We had the exit row, but the exit row didn't lean back. And we're st sitting next to that guy, um, Stapler, from <laughs> Office Space. Stapler. <laughs> yeah, he was, he spread himself out. I can't imagine being overweight. You know, bigger than a, a plane seat. You know, I'm overweight, but I'm not bigger than a plane seat. But... He was spilling over into my seat, and just, I had no, he was in my personal space. I don't like that. Well, you two, I would have said something, so. Well, there's nothing I could say. It's his fat. Like, I can't say, like, keep your fat. In I would have said, um, can, can we have a skinny person in the emergency <laughs> exit door? Because I don't think this fat motherfucker here is going to help anybody. First of all, my husband ain't going to help either. Because he's gone. <laughs> he's out. Let me tell you, man. We're going to exit door. Two, years, two days ago, or two hours ago. If I'm going to exit the door and something happens, God willing, and nothing happens, I'm out, man. <laughs> I am out of there, man. I think all you need to do is take the door off. That's your Unless door we're off. in the water floating, you know, then of course, you know, I'm going to let everybody drown first. <laughs> Step on them. Are you going to help everybody out? Where are you going to be at, flight attendant? In the back? They're giving instructions. We have exit row tomorrow, too, by the way. Yeah, we'll get the worst seats. I'm just kidding. You get the worst seats. Just the exit row. Then lean back. And, you, and, you and then I asked you if you wanted to change seats on the way back because we had the same seats and you said no. I think I could take it. <laughs> and then we got here and um, went downtown to East Village. You gave me a half of a quarter of an edible. I thought it was Thursday night, huh? Yes. I had a half of a quarter. I had an eighth of an edible. Not even an eighth. It was very small. There's six doses in this edible. I still have a little bit left. I can't believe. I'm, not, I'm never doing I'm never eating an edible again. I can't take it. There was a point at which it got so heavy for me. 
and the room was spinning, or the the you know the world was spinning. And uh, oh, the first night. Yeah, and then we met up with George. We went to uh, we went to where you go? East Village, Tompkins Square Park area. Tompkins Square Park, yeah. Where I used to live. But it was too dark, and you wanted to come back the next day. We saw it in the daytime. But we were near the Charlie Parker residence or across the street from it. And uh, that's when it really hit me because I was trying to look for something on my phone. I was trying to look to, for the exact address of the Charlie Parker house. But I could, my fingers wouldn't work. I couldn't make out what was on the screen. I was so confused. And then I was like, we should just start walking. And then uh, George came and picked us up, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and in his car, I was just... Hoping we could hurry up and get to back to the hotel because I needed to lie down. It was too much for me. And then... We went to the store. <laughs> the liquor store to buy some water and stuff. And, uh... Wow, the moment he handed me my change, I was just like, hurry, 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 hurry. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I felt nauseous. And then I stepped out of the store and I threw up right in the... Right in the... Fanta. Right off the curb. <laughs> oh, We had so just gross. ate something orange, I guess. I had um, that Man, what do you do orange? when your wife is just throwing up and people are passing by? Thinking I'm a derelict or something like that. I don't know what people thought, but man, I felt man, so Man, you were just throwing up, man. I didn't think you had more to throw up. <laughs> you saw the chunks in there and you said, well, you didn't chew your food or said, Yeah, no weapon. You didn't eat your fuck. You didn't chew your fucking food? <laughs> you know how to chew? <laughs> I felt like I was a kid again getting yelled at. She's banned from that store now. I know. I was afraid of walking by. I was like, wait a minute. Which store was it? I didn't realize how close it was to the hotel. I can't show my face there again. I was embarrassed. They're on the train, right? To go to um, Tompkins Square Park. Yeah, that was the next day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the first day we did. Uh-huh. We took the train down, and then George drove us back. Then the next day we went down to uh, the Bowery and saw CBGB's, which is now uh, John Varvato's Yeah, John Varvato's CBGB's. <laughs> So funny, it's complete opposite of CBGB's. That place was all ghetto, right? Yeah, those flop houses. I told you my friend used to be a location scout for Law and Order, and he would go. He would go around. He knew everybody in the he knew every homeless person in the neighborhood. He knew every flop house because they did a lot of shooting in those places, a lot of uh, filming in those locations. Law and Order is all in New York. It was every it, they shot they shoot all over New York City. But he was a location scout down in the Lower East Side, and um, so that was all flop houses next to uh, CBGBs for a long time. But uh, now it's completely different. Fancy restaurants. And I mean, went to that place where um, what's the name play right? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Lenny Bruce, Cafe A Go Go. Cafe or Gold? Well, it doesn't exist, huh? No. It's a Citibank or something. Chase Bank. Chase Bank. But, um... Let's make a noise. CBGB's? Hold on, don't talk. Riders on the storm. All right. Yeah, CBGB's, uh, no, 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 Cafe Agogo was where Lenny Bruce was arrested both times. Oh, Lenny Bruce, yeah. But there were a lot of folk musicians and jazz musicians who played there. Woody Guthrie. Maybe. I didn't see his <laughs> name on the list. But yeah, the others. But that was, it's just so different. Everything's so different. Nothing's there anymore. It felt like, 
I didn't know this place. Except when we went downtown to the financial district today, that pretty much looks the same. Except for the seaport being all torn apart there. Yeah. They're reconstructing it again. This is like the third life it's had since... No, second life it's had since it was an active fish market. But it was... Everything looks the same there. I still like that little neighborhood. What neighborhood? Where we were today. Wall Street area. You're going to hate yourself. Where are we on Sunday? We hop out. Well, I don't know. We're going day by day. I don't know. It's hard to keep track when you go all the way to the day because I think the podcast is already over. Okay, bye. Bye. It was it got it, it was beautiful the first day by the way. It, it, was, it was warm. Beautiful. It was no sweater. We didn't no sweater. That we was didn't both no sweater. Days, Thursday both night days. and all of Friday. Even after the show, you, you performed. And the hotel is nice. We have the living room. Can you believe that? And a little kitchen. Yeah. We haven't cooked much. Just microwave. <laughs> Been eating the most worst food I ever had in my life this week. By the way. The most blandest food. Really? Yeah, man. We ate some Chinese food that, you, that we ordered. Oh, my God. What did we have Chinese food? What was that place that you ordered the first night? That place late at night? They delivered? And they brought those sandwiches with no flavor? Oh, sandwiches. Um, I forget what the name of that place was. Oh, don't, don't matter. It was a diner. Yeah, these diners here, man, they serve everything. That's one thing you got to watch out for when you go order fast you order delivery if it ain't Grubhub <laughs> no this place first of all I don't trust a place that serves Chinese food and also makes Philadelphia cheese sandwich now if you make Chinese food and donuts I, I could live with that because <laughs> I'm, I'm used to that that's a weird combination that was a weird when I when I came out to LA but you know you don't know nothing about Chinese food and donuts <laughs> or donuts and ice cream or donuts and ice cream yeah that's weird or donuts and tahini <laughs> I've never seen that yeah so we, we ordered this we're all oh, we went we went to this place where um, when we got here the first night we ate at a place called V Life oh yeah 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 that place was alright at least they didn't like it yeah, I like that that carne, like that barbecue carne quesadilla. That was good, huh? It was good, but that was the first thing I ate, and it it made me think everything else was going to be as flavorful, and it wasn't. The, that fish sandwich I got, it was fake fish sandwich or whatever, but it was pretty dry. Yeah, man, dry. Guy Fieri would have said, "Yeah, man, this place was a taking a flavor town." <laughs> he would have said, "This place is off point." It's off point. Off point. But it was it was good. I, this I had a, a a breakfast sandwich that I still have here. <laughs> that uh, that orange stuff that I threw up, by the way, was the orange um, fresh juice that I had at that place. It was like orange and ginger, yeah, orange beets, and ginger, I think, and uh, that's what was orange in my orange vomit, <laughs> in my throw up. Then the next day was Friday, and we went. We went back to the East Village. Yeah, we went back to the East Village. So you can see that stuff in the daytime. Yeah. What, have you guys ever seen Godfather 2? Where they try to assassinate um, Panzenzia. And they choke him and they go, this is a message from Michael. And there's a big shootout outside between the Rosado brothers and Chichi. So they shot it there, man. Let me tell you, man, when you go to a, a place where 
they shot your favorite movie, you feel good, man. <laughs> you feel like this is where it happened. This is where I spent my three hours looking at it. Three on hours t- plus. How three many hours times? plus on television. <laughs> How many times do you watch that? Because when people like, when I went to Europe, you're a world traveler, Felipe. No. When I went to Amsterdam, and I was smoking weed with these, these um, Dutch black guys and Dutch white guys. And when I told them that I'm from Boyle Heights, East Los Angeles, man, these motherfuckers were bowing down when I come to their town. They're like, you're from East Los Angeles? Orale. They were saying every reference from Blood In, Blood Out all fucked up. <laughs> and let me tell you, man, I felt cool. They said that I have a lot of street credit in Amsterdam <laughs> just because I'm from East Los Angeles. Like, I could have my own crew. Yeah. I would, name, I would, I would nickname myself East Los. <laughs> What's, oh, where's East Los? You know, I'm Boyle Heights, but if I say Boyle Heights, they might think I'm an Irish guy, so. <laughs> no, man, it's, where's East Los? Over there. Yeah, so, so I guess those guys from Amsterdam... They felt cool, you know, that they, they had a little closeness to the movie, Blood In, Blood Out, when they met me because I lived there in that neighborhood. So that's how I feel when I meet New Yorkers or I meet somebody that was in a movie that I like or they're part of a book I read. I always try to ask worthless information. <laughs> like when I went to, when we were doing, when we were doing, uh, remember we're doing, uh, we're doing the, when I did, um, I'm not like that no more. Mm-hmm. And the guy paid me and Edward San Juan, comedian, to go around promoting the movie mm-hmm. with no promotion. Oh, at the theaters, yeah. Yeah, man. They had like a limited screening tour. Yeah, the movie I did, I'm not like that no more, that went straight to iTunes and then disappeared. Disappeared. Um, that movie was shown in New Jersey by the way, in Bergen, New Jersey, Modesto, California, San Jose, California, Fresno, California, some places in Texas, but with no press release or no television promotion, no radio promotion. They just put it out there like if somebody's going to go see, oh, I'm not like that no more. Starring Felipe Esparza, a guy I never heard of. Also, Paul Rodriguez in it. Yeah, I'll watch it. <laughs> Let me tell you, man, Paul Rodriguez had more scenes in Born in East L.A. than he did in this movie. <laughs> and I went to go see Born in East L.A. because Paul Rodriguez was in it. That's the only reason that dragged me to see Born in East L.A. Because I thought Paul Rodriguez was in it. And then I heard Cheech was in it. So I thought it was going to be like a Cheech and Chong type of movie with fucking Paul Rodriguez. <laughs> fucking sucked. <laughs> I was I pissed. I know I loved I know, it. I loved that. it the second time. But the first time, <laughs> I went in there with high expectations of Paul Rodriguez being this funny comedian and Cheech reuniting with Chong. But nah, man, nothing like that. So, I forgot what I was talking about. When you meet somebody who's been in a movie. Oh, yeah, when I meet somebody that's from a movie, like, even when I was talking to the guy, George, not George, Glenn Carlin. From Ireland. from Ireland, I said, let's talk about that IRA. Let <laughs> let me ask you about bloody bloody Sunday. Yeah, man, it's like it's like German people that don't want to be asked about Nazis, <laughs> but that's what I will be asking the whole time. 
What's all the nasties? So all we get excited to go to places where they where they shot a film. Yeah, so that shootout was at 7th Street and the Avenue B in the East Village called Vazak's Bar. Vazak's. It's but still nobody, there. It's still there. Nobody ever calls it Vazak, so they just call it 7B. That's just 7B? We always call it 7B. I didn't know it had a name until probably three or four years after I was living there and going there. Same owners? I don't know. I never saw the owners. I could have been a, 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 a film scout location. Does that get paid well? It pays you up. You don't have to go to school for that, no. Most things in film, you don't have to go to school for. No? No. You just have to know somebody that can kind of get you a day job on a film. And then if you're a good worker and you do everything and you basically run your ass off and don't complain. We didn't go to the Bronx, even though I spent the night there one time on the floor with a guy who said... Fucking Hemingway, Picasso, Lorma picture. Then you saw the street in Godfather, 6th Street in Godfather 2. Where? 6th Street in Godfather 2. Oh, yes, that was the, the best spot right there. Where all the bars and the. Yeah. The marketplace and all that stuff. We saw Tracy Morgan, he's doing well. Yeah, Friday you performed at Madison Square Garden Theater. You know what? He walks a little bit with a limp, huh? Yeah, like, he has a, like he has a, um, how you say it? Uh, when um, my daughter walked like that, when she was a baby, though. Like uh, with a, I don't know, a side foot or... Like club foot or something? No, like when, when you walk, like this. I saw him walk a little bit like that. Well, that's just a limp. A limp, yeah. But I think he has a fake femur, because his femur was crushed. <coughs> his thigh bone. It was a painful accident, huh? Yeah. So, I think he must have, like, a steel femur or something like that. But, uh... That was Ricky Smiley. Ricky Smiley. He's bigger than I thought. He used to be a skinny comedian. He's pretty skinny, still. So. Yeah, he's still skinny. But compared to Tony Woods, Tony was much skinnier. Yeah, Tony skinny. Woods, Dominique. Dominique. Eric Darnell hooked Eric it up. Darnell Rawlings. Ashley Larry. Ashley Larry. Aries Spears. Eris Spears. And D. Ray Davis. Sold out show. Sold out. It was, uh, it was a crazy night. It was all on time. That was very surprising that the show ended on time. <laughs> Even the other comics, Ricky Smiley was saying, he's like, you know, everybody stay into their time. We're just, we're going to get out on time. Like, he, he was happy about that. He said, I wanted them to book me again the last time I did it. So I just stuck to my time. I, you know, I wasn't going to go crazy it's nice to see other people do it too, because that's a. I like that. Um, that um, it feels weird when you do a st- uh, well for me to do a comedy show and then no meet and greet afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's like now what? You feel empty afterwards. You feel like this void afterwards. Like okay, now what am I gonna do? Nothing. When there's no meet and greet, you feel a void. Yeah, like. Like a boy, like we didn't do something. I kept thinking about it. I forget something. Because you don't get extra feedback, you mean? No, not the extra feedback. Because I felt since I do a, when I do a comedy show, and I go do meet and greet after, I feel like it's part of the job. Right. But now I, since I didn't do it, I felt like right. I left the iron out somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird position to be in where you are because you're at that point where you're in some cities. Your audience is too big. 
So your agents are trying to book you into theaters, like, say, L.A., right? There's no meet and greet after the, the Nokia, the Club Nokia show, because that's 1,500 people each show. And, yeah, and a lot of them want to leave, but the ones who want to do meet and greet, I mean, that would be too many people to meet with. Let's say half want to do meet and greet. That's 750 people. It takes you 45 minutes to an hour to get through 300 people or 350 or whatever yeah. after a club show, you know? So imagine that'd be like three times that amount of time to meet with all these other people. So we have to do like controlled meet and greets or, you know, charge for meet and greet, have a limited number of, of people. And not at the clubs, but at the theaters. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to watch the other fans who got to just come up to you after shows throughout your career, you know, they're going to kind of get asked out. Yeah. If they don't get meet and greet, and they're going to be like, oh, we used to just walk right up to them. Yeah, we used to. <laughs> it's like it's. It's a transition that's going to happen in some cities. Yeah. But we'll, we'll have to sign, that's funny, man, like a rock star. Yeah, you can't meet nobody no more. You can't sign both booths. You're going to sign one. <laughs> Which one? She has three of them, like in Tampa. But some of the stars, well, the, I know like some comics, because um. Not everybody you meet as a comedian is going to be like Felipe Esparza, by the way. Or Gabriel Iglesias. Or, you mean that's approachable? Or um, who else? That's it. <laughs> that's it, people. Those are the only comedians you can approach um, that I know of. Gabriel Iglesias and Felipe Esparza. Everybody else runs. And well, George Carlin runs. Lopez, now Lopez, he does. Uh, sticks around. Yeah. I think, like you know, you see him at, at uh, Dodger Stadium, and yeah. he takes selfies with all the people who come up to him. He's happy to, but but he's got stuff to promote, you know. And he realizes, I think, with Latinos too, Latino fans. I take it serious. Take it seriously. <laughs> they're not going to be satisfied, you know. You walking away, they're going to talk shit to you as you walk away. Mexican fans of George Lopez. They'll find out where he enters the freeway and stand with a sign and go, fuck you for not signing my, my, my toy, for not signing my shirt. My daughter started crying when I came home and you didn't sign her basketball. Yeah, so that's tough having to make that decision. Some people don't sign. Like, I know some, when I was growing, now they're collecting baseball cards. There were some people that didn't sign baseball cards. Like, I think Michael Jordan, if you had walked up to him and asked him to sign a card that was Tops or Fleer, he wouldn't do it because he had a deal with Upper Deck. Oh, wow. Yeah. So everything was Upper Deck when Michael Jordan was playing basketball. Crazy. Yeah. Um, it's sad. What are you going to tell a kid? You I know? know. But you can't sign it. See, um, what's her face? Rosie O'Donnell used to turn... She hated all those autograph collectors. You know, you've run into those people. Like, they're just, they don't even know who you are sometimes, but they know that you're performing. Do people look like they, people, every time I look at them, they look like some people that could masturbate with their hands in their pockets <laughs> and come. <laughs> Gross. For real, they look like people Ew. that study the, the art of masturbating. Ew. People collect photos. And go after other people with autographs. 
I'm talking about people who collect autographs professionally. These aren't fans. These are not fans. No. These are these are people who don't know Felipe Esparza last year. Right. But now they know me. But they're holding they're also holding on to that. In like web pages. They're gonna have an old photo that you I'm not saying all of them, but but you know. I could just say if if, if, if these people weren't weren't collecting baseball cards, I'll say, Okay, this guy looks like a child molester. Yeah, they're or, the guys who they're are still, wearing... They're stereotypical pervert-looking guys, but they're not perverts. They're the guys They're the guys who are 60 who are wearing socks with sandals waiting outside for you and just asking general questions, and you could tell they don't really know your stuff, you know? It was weird. There were probably like six or seven of those guys outside of the D.C. improv, right? Yeah. Years ago. But Rosie O'Donnell, used to, she used to hate the, audio, the autograph collectors, so she would say no to any adult asking for an autograph and she would say yes to kids because it was a kid and she's like as an adult an autograph doesn't mean anything to you and Howard Stern rejects autographs I don't know if he'll do selfies and stuff with people people just they, they ask for selfies I know you don't mind because it's I'll sign anything <laughs> that they bring to the comedy show because I yeah. know they're already a ticket and yeah. I'm going to give you my time but I pretty much sign anything anything I don't care I'll sign anything. But yeah, so... I'll sign a subpoenas. <laughs> without even knowing it. Don't sign any subpoenas. Yeah, so we... That, uh, yeah, there was no meet and greet after that, but we went outside and there were a few fans who waited for you after the Madison Square Garden show. And... Uh, From Boyle Heights, I think. Yeah. Rudy? Somebody? Rudy! Rudy What's up, fool? Rudy, the C or something. Yeah. We periscope, right? Wife. We periscope from the show. I periscope from the the show when I was walking around. When I was around. Uh, did you do it before or during the curtain call? You mean during the curtain call? Yeah, at the end. That was cool. They brought me up. Yeah, yeah. Rick, uh, Tracy messed up your name. Yeah, but then Felipe made a comeback. Made a comeback in it. Impressed Tracy too because he also Tracy came backstage and he felt bad that he messed up your name. Yeah, he kept saying, What's your name again? What's your name? <laughs> Felipe Esparza. I got it. It was cool just to be around him and t- telling us jokes on the side. Yeah. Trying out new material. Yeah. Let me tell you, man, this guy was trying out new material during the whole show. And by yeah. the way, when you're, a, when you're a person like that big, and you have to go on tour, that's how you do it, man. Yeah. You do it. Because to, to me, it's a big deal show. But to Tracy Morgan, it's a small show. Yeah. Because he could do Madison Square Garden by himself, yeah. by the way. That theater, he could. Yeah, 5,500. Maybe the larger theater with another big act. But, but yeah, he, yeah he, you're right. Because it's hard to try out new material when these people have paid a lot of money at a theater. And now a club, you know, they pay 20 bucks and stuff. And it's not like you're giving them short shrift, as Jimmy Schubert says. But you're, you don't, you can mess around a little bit more, you know. Because you said on, like, Thursdays and Sundays of your weekends, you try out new stuff. Yeah. Because it's a smaller crowd in some cities, depending on the city. And it's also just a little more relaxed. It's not Friday, Saturday night where you got to bring your A game. Even though you have your A game, you're throwing in new stuff, too. But it's hard for somebody like him to throw in stuff that might bomb, you know, or there might be a little more silence than he's used to after a joke. Because I don't think I've seen anything bomb with you 
in a long time. I don't think I've seen anything bomb. Maybe since a year after I met you. It's funny. Sometimes I know, like, I guess if I were to write a bunch of jokes consecutive, consecutively, like, yeah, right, the word? Mm-hmm. Like, a, if I were to write 10 jokes in a row and go try out those 10 jokes immediately, they're going to all body bomb. But that's something I've never done, though. I never tried out jokes, went up on stage naked and afraid. I've always, well, I'm, me and my, my first time doing stand up comedy, I was naked and afraid because none of that stuff <laughs> has ever been tried up on stage. Yeah. And what helped me a lot my first time was that as soon as I started bombing, I started making fun of people mm-hmm. without nobody telling me what to do, and I got laughs. And also, I think. I'm a likable guy, so the the look I have when I'm scared is funny. So, mm-hmm. and also, yeah, I think you do a good job of that. You don't do a whole set of new stuff when you're trying out new stuff. You mix it with some old stuff. Yeah, and that way, if you could, if you get a little dip here and there in in the response, you know it didn't work. You know, yeah. but you come back with something stronger. You know, an older material, an older piece of material. And then you win the audience back. Because so I've done that before. I, on a Thursday, I try out on something that I, I, I came up with, like, during the week. And um, I thought it was funny. But then I tried on stage, and it is funny. Sometimes I write a joke that I know is going to be funny right away. And I didn't, even, I didn't even share it with you. I just keep it to myself so I can stay fresh in my head. Mm-hmm. And then when I go up on stage, man, it's like taking out a... A Uzi <laughs> to a duo. And then we had uh, so we had the the show Birdman showed up with his cousin. Oh yeah, Birdman showed up to the sorry George. George and um, his lady. George is uh, is he Coco's cousin? Joey. Yeah, Joey is his cousin. Cousin, and he lives in Jersey, and he came over, hung out backstage for a little while, and that was a good show. It was a good show. It was a good show. Jimmy Fallon showed up and said, Felipe, you want to do Tonight Show? <laughs> no, I didn't, but it's cool if you did. <laughs> then Saturday, we went to Coney Island. I felt so relaxed when after the show, but like, because I was nervous. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, how am I going to do? So many great comics, you know? Am I great too? Can I be great? Can I do it? But then when, I, when everything came out, well, once... I got the laughs rolling on my on my show. I don't want to move around too much around the stage because I don't want to do more than 10 minutes. Because I don't know if I would have, like, did the Felipe shuffle <laughs> You'd have or, into or, or the 25 minutes. <laughs> so I have to stay still, like Rodney Dangerfield, and not move. So I will move my legs a little bit, shaking. But, man, I like, once I get started, man, I'm having fun up there. I wanted to stay up longer. Yeah, you did like, what, 12 minutes? Whoa. 12 minutes? Yeah, I think you did 12 minutes. Um, you, you were backstage the whole time? How did yeah. you feel? It was, it was, I was proud. You were proud, proud or angry? Yeah, I was proud of you, but I was trying to listen to you, and then Tracy's also talking the whole time, too. You know, how he was talking between yeah. everybody material. was saying. He was trying out material. He was working with, I don't know if they were his writers or people helping him go over his set and what he should do next when he went out there next. Because when you're hosting something like that, you've got to come out with five minutes between each person. And... Of the hits. Yeah, hits. 
big jokes and he knew his crowd and he knew which ones off that list he could do and which ones he shouldn't do and because you know this was urban hip-hop crowd because this is hot 97 the radio station in new york that hip-hop Def jam it's like Def jam and you have to come out with like a, a salt you know you have to come out with jokes that kill every joke has to kill was tracy morgan already a big uh, was he already a big comic before Def jam i don't think so i don't know Cause he was in that. I thought he was in that show. Um, it's called. Um, they, they should do bad. Your mama's so fat. At the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Uptown Comedy Jam. Uptown Comedy Club. That's what it was called. Yeah, Neil Brennan didn't write for it. Joe Torrey, Paul Mooney, Ian Edwards, Flex Alexander, Tracy Morgan, Corwin Moore, Deborah Wilson. I, I remember. Um, what's his name? Flex. He was like a star in the show. Jim Brewer, Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown. So those were the writers. That was like my first comedy show I had to watch. Yeah? I don't remember that one. I don't remember seeing Jim Brewer until Saturday Night Live, and I didn't think he was funny. Because like, he did that stupid goat boy. I hate that goat boy, by the way. I hated goat boy so much. Am I the only one that thought that, that show was not funny? I didn't think it was funny. So I felt good after the show, man. But I haven't got... I feel like I haven't, like, relaxed since I've been here. I feel like I've been moving, doing stuff. Coming to get home, though, really relax. For a day. For a day. Then you leave on Wednesday. Really, not even a day. You have a podcast Tuesday with Christian Hasoy. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it, we've been moving a lot, but we try to also fit in a bunch of stuff to see a bunch of stuff. It's not really easy to move around New York that fast. A lot of people. Even though I try, and then you get mad at me for walking ahead of you. So you want to, so you want to, were you a Persian lady, a Persian man? You want to walk 10 feet in front of your family? No. I try to walk. You walk so slow sometimes. I can't walk that slow. I walk fast only if it needs to. Like if I'm walking because I want to stay in the house, I walk at a normal rate. If I'm walking because I got to get to someone really fast, I walk faster. No, but if I'm walking slower. just to look around, I'm going to walk and take my time and... Smell the flowers. But see, what you think is me walking fast is not me walking fast. That's me walking normal. I can't walk. I can't stroll. So you're going to have babies now again. You're going to walk away from them? No. And you can't walk at their pace? No, Isaac never had a problem keeping up. Mm. Never going to have babies. Who are you talking to? <laughs> What's wrong? Don't do that. It makes noise. Oh, sorry. Have your knees hurt? My knees, like, as soon as we come home from... From the hotel, well, from walking around, my knees start clicking like clicking. No, my calves have, they're really sore. I guess from going up so many stairs, because, you know, going in the subway and all that. Oh man, we to, the best part was we, we, took, um, we took a train to Coney Island, mm -hmm, like Saturday. the Warriors did. The D train. The D train. No, we took the Q. The Q. Yeah. Took the queue and uh, it was fun. It was fun. It was cold and rainy, but and a lot of stuff was closed when we got there. But it was beautiful and not many people there, so it was fun. I like that. Um, I, I like just looking out of the looking out of the subway. We're just barely getting there and seeing the Wonder Wheel, and then um, the buildings, the ocean. The Atlantic Ocean. Mm -hmm. I feel like I made it. If you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. But <laughs> yes, I love the beach. I wish you could. I love the buildings right next to the right next to Coney Island. The housing projects. I don't know why it was like 
little bit housing projects. Yeah, they're not projects, but they're like old people live there. It's just they have rent control. They have rent control. It's you know a lot of old people just stay there for years. But it was that area there is mostly Russian and Jewish, mostly Russian. But old Jewish people, like Fred's mom, that's not Sheep's Head Bay, but Fred's mom used to live in an area like that before she moved to Florida. So a lot of Mexicans over here. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Mexicans now. <sighs> yeah, man. I really like, uh, what's it, um, Coney Island. Coney Island. I used to say Coney Island because of, um, Coney, the fighter, I guess. Jerry Cooney. Jerry Cooney. So I thought that's how you say it's Coney Island, but it's Coney Island. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot less people than my first time here, which was nineteen no, two thousand one or two. I came here. No, after nine eleven. Two thousand two would have been after nine eleven. Yeah, it was after nine eleven. We came over here, and I had some good ass ice cream. <laughs> Pretty much not much to eat if you're not if you're a vegan in New York. Surprisingly. Yeah. Yes, but if you like if you like pizza and you like anything else, it is on. They have good pizza, man. Good pizza everywhere. Not that many panhandlers. Oh, surprisingly, no. That's weird. I don't know where they all went. No whorehouses. What is that? A car? Wind? Is it the wind? I don't know. No, it's like a car. It's a car. Weird. You're an ambulance every. Every five seconds over here. We're also at a hotel that's right next to the fire station. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. They, they get kind of busy. Birdman over there, he's staying at Airbnb. By the way, if anybody's interested in ever staying in New York, Airbnb. Well, not all Airbnbs are the way his situation was. Only he could end up in a situation like that. Most Airbnbs are an extra apartment people have, or like they want to sublet their apartment. They're not going to be staying in New York for six months or whatever, but they know they can rent it out, and they don't have any personal belongings there. It's just like furniture and blankets and, you know, stuff like that. And, and you could and just... A comedy condo. Kind, kind of like the comedy condo or a corporate condo or, you know, you just take all your personal stuff and you put it somewhere and either in storage or you take it with you to wherever you're going to be for those six months or whatever. And then you can rent out this space and you make an arrangement with somebody to give them the keys, you know, so they can get the keys and all that. But I've never heard of an Airbnb where you're actually sharing the place with people who live there, you know, like a border, you know, like a border for a week. That was weird. So oh. he told us, he didn't tell us till yesterday or till today yeah. that they're sharing it with these people. Husband and wife. Husband and wife. Who can't afford it. Who can't afford it. And so they're getting this, they have an extra room. Is it two rooms? An extra room. They're sharing the same room. So they're room. sharing the same yeah. room. Yeah, sharing the same room with my cousin. <laughs> yeah, so they, uh, they got in Williamsburg. They're in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And uh, they would come over to the city each day. But yeah, that sounds, I don't know, it sounds annoying to have to, and they had to stay, they had to come back by 11 every night. No, they didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that. He said the first, he said they told him that um, they needed to come back by 11 each night. On a weekday? weekday? No, they just said by 11. And so they were like, okay. But then Friday they came in late because they were at your show. And so they probably didn't get back there till 1. 
and they but they said you have to come in at 11 because we work the next day so we don't want you to come in too late and then today they just waited till 6 a.m to come home at 6 a.m that's crazy could be out till 6 man i don't think i've ever been out till 6 oh i have been out I don't mean, I mean in New York. No, I know you have been. You've been out for three days in a row. Five days in a row. Five days in a row, no sleep. I can't believe I did that. I should have been dead. You sh- I know. You should have your own episode of I Shouldn't Be Alive. <laughs> you should. I was up. How did it start? <laughs> it all started on Wednesday night in Montebello at 10 o'clock. This guy, who I didn't know, gave me a bump. And from that moment on, I followed him to Norwalk, Whittier, City of Downey, for the next five days. And he let me drive his car. I know, loaded, right? You loaded. were driving loaded. That's just insane. Yeah, man. I remember when I met this guy named, I could say his name, he's not listening, Jose Luis. I think his name was Jose Luis. This guy, I had met at, at um, Daily Planet truck oh man that noise remind me of the time where I came in late from partying all night in San Antonio and they had a they had, every night they have a street sweeper mm. but I live in the busiest part of the city where there's mostly they gotta keep that place clean because it's brick so the, that street sweeper was on all night mm. and so I ended up going to sleep at five or six and then at 9, 11, 10 in the morning, they had a street festival right outside <laughs> with a band stage right in front of the building, man. I ended up going to the movie theaters, bought a ticket, and fell asleep in there like a pervert. <laughs> I mean, I fell asleep in that movie theater, slept to that one movie, went back to the condo, ate whatever that was there, and then went back to the comedy club and slept in the green room for three and a half hours and woke up for the show and I felt like shit like <laughs> shit I was fucking tired I did those two shows I don't remember what I said or nothing I just know I felt like shit man and you weren't using anything I was using oh but I, I was using the night before mm-hmm. like I did the I partied Friday and must have been Thursday I partied and then Friday and Saturday I did the shows sober I guess but I felt like shit man I felt like I stole money from my mom <laughs> and then she was treating me all day the next day even though she lost a hundred dollars <laughs> like I just it felt like I just stole a hundred dollars from mom's purse and now I gotta go with her to go borrow money from people because she don't have money to pay for food but the whole time I have the hundred dollars in my pocket. That's how I felt. Even though I never stole from my mom. Just that one coat. <laughs> and um, um so So when you went met Jose Luis, you said you followed him all around. No, we went to we started off on Wednesday night, man. Wednesday night. After the Wild Coyotes. We we ended up partying and I was the way I met this guy was because um, he had went to go party with with the other comedians somewhere, and I didn't go. And he had sex with some girl, and they stole his watch. And then the next day, then not the next day, the next week, 
we had a comedy show and those girls came back. And he goes, man, you're those chicks from last week. You st- what are you, your friends stole that guy's watch. And then they said, fuck him. <laughs> Talking all that shit. He deserved that watch stolen. And about another one like that. Damn. So those chicks were serious. You ever, um, you ever been robbed by chicks? I robbed chicks. <laughs> I, I remember I met a girl and we were partying. And she didn't want to give it up. Nothing. So I didn't try no more. I just did coke angry. But I remember like making out and I come and then I saw her purse and I saw like seventy five dollars and I took it. Damn. Yeah. Scandal. Yeah. So go ahead. So I got my date money back basically. <laughs> so that way like, you know, she I didn't take nothing from her and she didn't take nothing from me. Her even Steven. We were even Steven. Amen. I think this growing up, I think this chick was married, man. I met a lot of sad chicks before you. Chicks <laughs> with low self-esteem who were probably married. Cause this girl, she used to come to watch my shows in a minivan. Oh, yeah. So I ended up taking her $75 and <laughs> she went back to her city job, I guess. City job. So I took off with this guy, man, and we say- partied. All of Wednesday night, man, like, doing blow, like, going through, and he, I didn't pay for no coke, by the way. He had, this guy had coke, and he had, um, Xanax, Xanax. That was my first time having Xanax. He was, uh, he had access guy. to, he was a pharmaceutical rep. Yeah. Right? So Dangerous. Got, this is like kid in a candy store. So he, he could have, he could write up, any, he don't have to, he, he don't have to write it up, he just has a doctor to write it for him. Yeah. He has access to all that shit. So but he sells it, so he has samples. Yeah, he has samples. He, he probably it. trades that for um, Coke. So we're partying hard. Yeah, I, I can't believe how it went from Wednesday to Sunday or Monday. I don't Sunday's know. when you called me. When did I come home, Monday? Sunday night when I picked you up. Oh. Because that was the same night. You called me Sunday. You texted me Sunday, or somebody texted on your behalf, texted me from your phone. Oh, yeah, we were partying so hard that this guy, I think on a Saturday night, we had bought some blow, coke from somebody, and um, and it was, it was, they robbed us, but we were so coked out, we didn't care. We wanted to do coke. Yeah. It's like the guy made the eight ball heavier, like he put a nickel in it. Like there was a nickel inside. Oh, like wow. when, he, when he pressed the coke together in a ball... He put a nickel in there, like really, like a not a. It wasn't even a buffalo nickel. It was a regular nickel. So he put the nickel in there to make it heavier. Yeah. I don't know how much a nickel weighs, a gram, whatever it weighs. It made that coke heavier. And then when we were opening it up, and there was another guy there, and he, this guy something he goes to my shows, and he always looks at me because he's the only guy I've seen since that night. I haven't seen Jose Luis since that, that happened, and. The other guy, he showed up on Friday night. He was bummed out because his fucking chick left him or something. He was all sad, so it was on, man. Here's <laughs> a guy who was all sad. His chick left him who wanted to get fucking fucked up. And there's a guy, Luis, who was um, probably on vacation, probably. He wanted to get fucked up. Yeah. And here's Felipe Esparza, who <laughs> has no money to get fucked up, but wants to get fucked up. So he's going to get fucked up regardless. 
So this other guy shows up. That's the guy who brought the, the coke with a nickel, some from someone. And then he opened it up, and then I remember he, him saying, "Fuck!" He goes, "Man," and I started thinking about who was it, and they know the guy. So I guess that guy's dead now. <laughs> so I don't know. Because so, he overweighted it. He overweighted it. Dude, robbing people, like, whatever the amount, whatever that nickel weighs, that's how much they were ripping people off in coke. Yeah. And if you add it all up, after five bags, that's an ounce. Um, so we kept partying, and we were playing dice over and over. Like, we were play, first we were playing craps, you know, like craps. Like, regular clap, craps, 7, 11, 12, whatever. So then that shit got boring. And then... They were just, pl- the, him and the other guy, just say his name was Ricky. That guy, Ricky? Um, that guy, um, man, these were, they were doing serious bets all coked out, like $300 each to see who has the most dice. You have one, like you have a five and I have a five. They were just going at this all over. Randomly. Randomly, 600, wow. 400, and then they finally gave up. And they ended up having the same amount of money they started with. Okay. So we kept partying. <laughs> and this guy kept calling his chick over and over, nothing. And this dude called some, I don't know, a lot of people started showing up by Saturday. But I don't know what's going on. It was happening so fast. But I know when I drove to 7-Eleven to go get vodka and cranberry juice twice in one day and a man I was driving on the force that <laughs> Range Rover got to ride a Range Rover and um, so this guy I know he wants to stop partying and the other guy wants to stop partying for, and I mean I'll, I have no choice I'll stop partying when they stop partying but they don't realize that you're Felipe Esparza the drug addict. No, and <laughs> I don't, don't realize. realize. <laughs> I, I'll just keep going, man. You'll just keep going. Just like keep a going. lot of people get hooked up with you and start partying because they get excited because you're Felipe, you know, and they like your jokes and stuff, and they think it's cool. They're hanging out, but they don't realize how extreme <clears throat> you can be with your partying. Like, so this fool had there to, is no stop. This fool had to crap. call somebody to help him stop. To help him stop. Yeah. Which means he had to help you stop. Yeah. So he called this dude, this big-ass dude. I he wasn't big. I mean, I'm, I'm probably bigger than him. But he just looked more sane than me. So, this guy, he called up somebody else. And that some person, some chick came in. Somebody, some chick came in. I, I knew I knew her, but I didn't know her mom. She was some girl that used to go to Daily Planet. Her mom came in and started cleaning all of a sudden. But we're still partying over there. And the guy was making phone calls to people for the guy and, and I guess paying bills or something because he was like, he was doing a lot of responsible stuff. <laughs> but then, and then that lady starts cooking. They were saying, she makes the best whatever. Yeah, yeah, I was good. I'll be over here, man. <laughs> You're not ready to I'm eat. I'm not want to fucking eat. <laughs> so that's when that guy goes, um, I could, I guess I'm, from all the Xanax, I couldn't dial, so that guy dialed for me, I guess. Yeah. I guess he called you. He texted me. He yeah. texted me, and it, this was Sunday night in April 2007. 
So this was nine years ago this month, maybe a little bit later in April, when Dave Chappelle was doing his six-hour set at the Laugh Factory. And I was working, and he was on hour two, and I realized I wasn't going home. Like, we were done for the night. He came in really late to the show on Sunday, so we were done working. But there's still customers here. So they're still buying stuff, but not my section. So I was like, I got your text, and I was like, oh, shit. What did it text me? It said something like, I'm in Whittier. I need you to pick me up. And it had the address. And I was like, oh, shit. And it was all misspelled. No, no, no. You had sent me some texts bef right before that that were just like letters. Or numbers, you know, like random things you had typed in, right? So I knew you were still messed up. I didn't know where you were because it had been several days since I heard from you. And then uh, the other text came through and it said, I need you to pick me up. I'm at this address in Whittier. And I was like, fuck. But it was an excuse to get out of work. We were yeah. done. And Dave Chappelle seemed, didn't seem like he was going to be done anytime soon. So I asked. What year was this? 2007. So we were living together? Yeah. No, no, no. We weren't living together until oh, 2008. Oh, who was I living then? You were... Um, the Loft or Denby? No, no, no. I never knew you at Denby. You were down on Boylston, I think. Boylston, okay. Yeah, you were in Boylston. And um, so I picked you up. Well, I, I, so I got my manager to let me go. And then I didn't I, have a car then either. No, I? you didn't have a car. Okay. And I drove... I never knew you with a car. Oh. And I drove all the way to Whittier... I'd never been to Whittier before. I drove all the way to Whittier, crossed these railroad tracks. I don't know where I was. And finally, I got to the door, or to the, the house. And I called, and, and I said, you, you picked up, I guess. And I said, I'm out front. And you came stumbling out with some other guy helping. You had a beer in your hand, full Whoa, beer. Still drinking? You had a full beer in your hand. Fuck. I went those all those days, by the way, from Wednesday. No sleep or anything. To no sleep, like not even a wink. No food. Yeah. No was, water. This is the worst Just I ever saw you. Cranberry juice and vodka, beer and soda, okay. and I probably peed on myself. Probably. I don't know. Probably after the Xanax, because when I picked you up, you. I had slobber. I didn't know Xanax. I think it's the Xanax. Was keeping me, my heart from going so fast. It probably know. helped you not have a heart attack, but the Xanax and alcohol together could have killed you with, without the coke. Really? That's what killed Freddie Soto. That's what killed Greg Giraldo. That's that's what kills. That's what killed uh, Heath Ledger. Ledger. Yeah. It's the depressant plus the depressant. You know, you're gonna. So the coke was keeping me alive. The coke was keeping you alive. <laughs> Uh, I, guess so I didn't even know that because he had a lot of it. And I remember um, I would do like a big ass bump and then be like that lady from Upper Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, Let's do a Xanax. And then he'll cut a little piece. Then I remember I saying, Let's do, How come we just do the whole thing? Why are we going to keep doing little pieces? Why don't we better do the whole thing? Did you snort the Xanax? No, he ate it. took it, okay. It was like it was like a pill. I didn't know if he crushed it. So it had four pieces in it. It had bars. They call them bars. So it took a little bar. Yeah. I don't know how many bars I took. Well, you... <laughs> what's funny... Okay, so this is not funny. It was very, very... It was shocking when I saw you because you opened the door 
and you almost fell into my car, but you had drool from your chin down to your stomach. It was still coming down? It was all over you, yeah. It was all over like your chin. Seca? Worse. Wow. It was drool from your your chin all the way down your shirt. Your shirt was soaked with drool. So it had been happening for a while. I don't know how many... Do you know how many full bars, like how many full pills you actually had that weekend? Since Wednesday? I don't know. It's crazy. Like six? You, you were drooling so much. And then you had that beer. And you were like, hold on, let me... And I said, no, 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 just throw that out. And you wouldn't throw it out. And then that guy who was helping you get in my car, he took the beer and I said, just pour that out, just pour that out. And you poured it out in the grass, which I don't think you were happy about. But then we left and uh, went home. You didn't sleep, though. No? No, you stayed up for a little while. I took you to my house, I think. Did I eat? No. Because what happens when you came off a binge, you would eventually sleep. You'd take a shower, you'd sleep, and you would sleep for 24 hours. That's weird, like sleeping 24, 24 hours. hours. I never thought I could sleep 24 hours. Solid 24 Without hours. Without moving? Nothing, no. And your socks, your socks stunk like I've never smelled anything before. And they're all moist. She's and lying wet. about that. This is where you're, this is where your your athlete's foot came from. But it's you no know, wet socks that you hadn't taken your socks off your shoes off for five days, right? Nothing. But I was taking a shit too for five days. Probably not. Because I haven't eaten anything. I can't believe. Oh, the fear part. <laughs> I can't believe you survived. I, I mean, mean, it's it's crazy, but. Five days straight. Yeah. Maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And I guess like the third day, I kind of given up on hearing from you for a while, but I didn't really know this was your first real binge. With After, you? No, the first one was PJ. Yeah. That one, that one threw me off because I didn't know what to, I didn't know what was going on, and I was there because you said, "Oh, hey, we're having a party," and so I come over there and it's just two sad guys sitting on the couch doing coke. We're writing like, jokes. No party and no jokes, nothing. And I was like, "This is no fun. This is not me. I don't. I can't. I'm not doing coke." And uh, I, I didn't judge you for it. I just was like, "Oh, I don't know how to react to this. Yeah. I don't know how to be like. I don't know how to be cool in this situation, but I'm not going to be involved in this situation." So I started leaving, and you didn't really want me to leave. That was the first time you fell off the wagon in my it, with me. And then, so the second time, Those, I, I, I kind of right? yeah, I kind of just gave up after <coughs> a couple of days. I was like, well, whatever. I knew you, know you the party. Yeah, I knew you'd fallen off because I can start to tell because you start texting me, and your texts don't make sense and they're not spelled like there's so many weird words and spellings, or it's a lot of I love yous back then. Because see, you didn't tell me. Remember how we talked about how I said I love you first. Did you? You only told me you loved me when you were loaded at first. And then later, it became real. Yeah. But for a while, it was just, I love you when you were loaded. But it was, um, it was a tough night. That was tough. And then, I don't know if you went back to messing around right after that, or if you started to get clean again. I, I, there might have been one more time in that period of time because PJ was probably a few weeks before the pharmacist guy the pharmaceutical guy yeah and then the pharmaceutical guy happened and then 
I don't remember another one after that. But then it was quiet and you were fine for a while. And then you fell off again in 2008. And then 2009 again. But that was uh, really shocking to see you like that with the drool and everything. Because you seemed helpless. You seemed vulnerable for the first time. I hadn't seen you like that before. So it was kind of scary. And I had never seen anybody on that much Xanax before. Oh, oh. Because then, like, a, a month later... Oh, sad. You were sad. <laughs> we went to, do some, you did, went to do some comedy show down in Downey, right? That place, uh, Bamboo Room or whatever? Yeah. And that's when I was, hanging, I was hanging out with you, and I saw... You were drinking, but you weren't doing drugs at this point. But I knew it was coming. And then I saw you writing on this notebook or a napkin or whatever, and you were writing... I thought you were writing a girl's name... Because you looked so, like, forlorn and sad, you know? And I peeked over your shoulder to see what you were writing, and it said Xanax. And ate the W. And you were spelled wrong. It was you spelled it wrong. Z-A-N-A-X. But you had a... It reminded me of Big Lebowski when he sees that guy taking notes. And then he goes to look at the notepad, and it's just a penis that he was drawing the whole time. But that's what it felt like when I was, I was like, I wanted to kind of laugh, but, but at the same time it was sad that you were writing about Xanax, that you missed it so much. But I don't think you missed the downer feeling of the Xanax. I don't think you know what Xanax feels like because you were balancing it on oh, Coke, know. you know, because you had two competing... Because most people say Xanax with alcohol, right? Yeah, or Xanax by itself. By itself, it's supposed to take the edge off of life. Basically, if you're anxious about things in general, or you, you know, a lot of people have anxiety about stuff, and this kind of makes you feel a little relaxed. Like if you had one drink, you know, and you feel a little bit like the edge is taken off, and you feel happy, and you know, but then people do that with alcohol, and then you you feel more drunk, I guess. More. Um, I've never abused uh, Xanax, so I don't know. Remember. Uh... I was partying at um at the Daily Planet, not Daily Planet, at um fuck. I don't even know, man. I don't even know how to tell you or how I got to this place. But there was a lot of people from a comedy show and I know those guys from Casa Latina was a comedy show I did in Rosemead and the promoters there were party animals. But I don't know how I got to a place in downtown LA where, where um, I'm pretty sure this building is still there, but it was a private part. Man, I went to this private party and I, I can't even tell you the people that, that were there because I don't remember their names or who took me. But every once in a while I run into these people and they, they got to remind me and I got to say, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I was partying in downtown and... There was illegal gambling inside, I know that. There was like four tables. Was this when you were living downtown too? Yeah, there was four tables going. And there was alcohol. Like there was a refrigerator full of Coronas. I mean, full of Coronas. Like a commercial. And there was a guy dealing and he was just charging a buck for every game. Everybody had to pay a buck. But everybody was gambling and playing blackjack. And the, the house was the dealer, and they were paying regular blackjack. And they were paying off real money. 
and they were doing drugs. I was doing a lot of drugs. Everybody left afterwards, and it was just me and the guy who took me there. And this guy was dealing big amounts of meth out of that plate afterwards. I didn't even know it until I woke up. Like, I woke up and like somebody came in, like some Asian guy, and I was thinking, man, this guy, I shouldn't even know this guy. And like, you know, like, like who said, I was like, who said your ass? Uh-huh. Right? I was gonna take control of this deal. <laughs> but I just stood quiet, like I was sleeping and shit with one eye open, making sure I don't get, you know? So it's a major deal? Yeah, it was a big man, and he took, must have took like a big old bag, like a bag, and like, the bar, the, the amount of meth that looked like in that bar, it looked like a, one of those Mexican rolls. It was bolillos. Oh, wow. It was fat, man. All crystal? Yeah, all or meth. Powder. Like, all meth. Like, you could just break it with it. It was like, it was big, big of meth. Mm. And this dude told me that, um, you want me to drop you off anywhere? And I said, yeah, drop me off. He took me to Silver Lake, to Josh's house. Mm-hmm. And he gave me like a big rock for me to go to continue. A rock of meth? Yeah. Yeah. You so, smoked it? No, I cut it up and I did it. I did it with my friend. And you snorted it? Yeah. Ew. Man, that shit burns your nose, yeah. man. It burns your nose. And I think from that moment, from that day to that day, I stood awake for another five days. Ugh. Yeah, from that from that party I was at. I think it was a moment in that party where I was a, jack, a blackjack dealer too, but I don't remember, <laughs> man. I just pictured my ass with one of those hats. A little green accountant. Yes, I think I found a hat or I made a hat and I put it on. And everybody <laughs> was laughing. And I was dealing blackjack, making everybody laugh. Uh, I was like, Maybe you come here all the time, homie. I wish, but I don't know how to get here. <laughs> I had every, down the rabbit hole. Man. Wow. Oh, I never talked about that adventure that happened to me at that um but damn, I remember when that guy made that big meth deal right in front of me when I was sleeping, man. I don't think I knew you at that time. I no. don't think you were living in the laughs. You were maybe Boylston or something like I that. I was Boylston, man, because it was crazy, man. Like how did it get there first of all? That's crazy. It was in downtown LA, like a private party. Yeah, you probably met somebody and they took you. Remember that time that you you bought a car? You told me you bought this car. And I was like, oh, you bought a car? And you said, yeah, I bought it from some guy last night. We were partying. Yeah. And I paid him 500 bucks, and he gave me this pink slip. But the yeah. pink slip had some Chinese guy's name on yeah. it. Yeah. And an weird. address that was near your house. Yeah. And I was like, this is not a pink slip that um, this guy owns legally. <laughs> and I said, "This, you bought a stolen car. And you're like, What? But you didn't know how to get back in touch with that guy. I know, to man. go off on him and get your $500 I don't back. want to beat his ass. <laughs> so we found the guy's, the Chinese guy's address. Yeah. Well, it was on the thing. Well, it was a Hindu guy, right? Like a no, I think it was in, in a, a Chinese guy, but it was near the Buddhist temple yeah. downtown, down on the <clears throat> Echo Park area. And we just drove the car to that area and left it there with the keys in it. And his <laughs> title... But it was a stolen car. That guy had a stolen car. And maybe it came to him through somebody else, but it was still... You could tell this was not legit. This guy was not turning over. He was not the Chinese guy giving you this car. So I did a good deed after all. You did. I didn't know that. But you also lost 500 bucks. So what? But who cares? Who cares about that? I got probably locked up. (laughs) 
But yeah, you, you did a good deal. Again. You, did it, you did the right thing. I didn't know I did that because I was so fucked up. I thought I just, thought I just got sad. No, I didn't get the sad. next day we figured it all out. But I, I, I ripped a pink slip, right? No, no, no. We left it in the car with it. With no, my name wasn't on it. No, no, your name wasn't on it at all. Your name wasn't on it. But he gave it to you and it still had this Chinese guy's name on it. And I was like, this Chinese guy needs to sign this and turn it over to you. Like, Could that's I how it works. took the car with that pink slip? No. Because it still had the other guy's name on it, and it wasn't signed over to you. But it faked the signature. You could have, but it, could, it wouldn't hold up in court. We don't know what his signature looked like. But yeah, it was definitely stolen. But he, um... No, you did the right thing. That was crazy. That was crazy. How do you know when it's... I guess, how do you know when it's done? When you Because you're not a chronic user. You are a binge user. You go on binges, and your binges last for about three months or so, and then you go clean for a while, <coughs> and then out of nowhere, boom, you know, you fall off the wagon for another, and it takes a little while to build up to the harder stuff, but, you know, about three-month process. But how do you decide that you're done? Like, is it a struggle inside you that makes you go, I gotta stop physically, because physically I'm tired of this, or is it like... Something in you knows that this isn't a good path to go down, or because it's not like something from the outside world is making you change. It's something inside you that's fighting it and saying, "I have to stop I don't for know. a while." Responsibility, probably. I don't know. I don't know if it's responsibility. Because I know I don't want to. I don't want to party enough to get kicked out of be homeless. That's for right, sure. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. it's but it was always it's, like, even when I would party for, with them, them crackheads. Sooner or later, I would ask for a ride home. Mm-hmm. I would like, can you give me a ride home? I'm trying to, you know, or... But I always had to pay, but I ended up getting a ride home from somebody, or... But it was always bad, too, because usually, like, I would have the, the person I'm partying with drive me home, and then they take my car. So then when I got to get my car, I got to go back to party. Oh, yeah, because you got to see those people again. Yeah, yeah. I, never, I, I never went to get my car and not party. <laughs> or I, I... It was... I don't know, man. Uh, sad. I don't know. Interesting. I think the the love of life keeps me from continuing the seventh day. I guess so. But do you have thoughts that I might die after this? No. You never have those thoughts. Your body. You I'm not thinking about like, who I'm going to leave behind. Who's going to be sad. No, I'm not thinking about none of that. Don't think about any of that. Just through really, that, it's. I think maybe also if there's like a lot of downtime in between not having drugs, when I'm partying. Yeah, I'm just... Like, real fast start, It starts getting depressing, man, and I want to stop. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, man, like, on, a, on the fifth day, I'm, I'm done. Like, my, my all my body is shaking, Yeah. and I get a cramp on the side of my stomach. Right. It's bad. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah! Well, you're alive and well today. I'm happy about that. Killing them! Killing them. I'm happy. Been a long time since you did that. I think that guy ended up going to El Salvador to recover for rehab. Yeah, you said he went to rehab for a while. After that day, though, because that, that must that's crazy. Like that must have been the most he partied before. I guess I don't know, but I wouldn't. I don't know. Well, he hasn't tried to contact you, has he? Yeah, no. Because I think that's the thing with you. You either party too hard and you scare the people you partied with, and they go, "Oh my God, I can't ever." Go that far to the edge again? I knew how bad it was when I went to those crackheads' house, and they called me Devil's Advocate, <laughs> and I got sad. 
But I, I don't think they're friends. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that people are ready for your level of of use. But also, you. Uh, so at, at the same time that those people get scared about hanging out with you again because they don't want to see themselves go that far, you reject all those other people, and you don't contact those people you partied with either. No. You know, and. Um, I want to understand, like, some people get upset, like, if they hung out with, uh, like, some of the comedians I know their parties, they're not celebrities. Well, they are celebrities. They're bigger than me. And I know some of them partied in the old days. And I would hear stories, yeah, I hung out with him one time, and then two weeks later, he acted like he didn't know me. <laughs> and I thought this guy would be an asshole. But now, as a drug addict... And I, you and I, we parted five days straight, and two weeks later, you see me, and I don't say hello to you? Motherfucker, I think I'm, I, don't, I want to remember partying five <laughs> days straight, and smelling your fucking stinky farts, and doing bumps with you, and <coughs> robberies. If you want to be associated with somebody, that's going to remind me of how much of a dickhead, how much of a loser I am. Do I, do I really want to hang out with somebody that I can look at him and go, wow, it's a mirror of me. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people think they're going to be your best friend after they party with you like that. And then and they always want to hit you up later, like five years later. Remember, remember what we did? But I keep, believe it or not, drug addicts, <laughs> and I, even myself, for example, we keep those people under the cupboard. Like the Indian of the cupboard. We keep those people in the back of our heads, you know, it's a, little, it's a little seed that's ready to open up. If I, if I fall, I know where you at, motherfucker. <laughs> we will reunite. Don't and you're going to treat me, me the way I treat you. <laughs> you're going to be with your mom or somewhere. Come on, man. Did you want a fucking party? I thought you were a party animal, pussy. Dude, I'm fucking 58 now. <laughs> I think the first hard part was when sobering up is um, what to do with the first $20 you get. Mm -hmm. So when I, I would see twenty dollars, all I see was okay, man. That's gonna be um, ten dollars. See what a, you can a buy. A pack of cigarettes, yeah. some forty ounces, and drugs. Or hang out with somebody that has sixty dollars. <laughs> yeah, let's pool our money. So I was New York. New York plus a drug story. Yeah. Yeah, I had fun. I had a good time. And today we went to Central Park. It was freezing. Freezing our asses off. I have fun just watching um, people who've never been there having a good time. We're being excited like Burbank and yeah. my cousin. Yeah. Plus me too. Yeah. <clears throat> I've been here now. This is my... I came to New York the first time in 1999 to shoot Que Locos. I forgot what year it was. I hosted a, a stand-up show, Que Locos. That's right. I hosted a comedy show, Que Locos. In New York, and that was my first time here. And in my second time, they booked me to do a show, and they paid me four hundred dollars, and they flew me to New York for one night, and, and they gave me a hotel. And the third time, I came was the Que Locos tour with Gabriel Iglesias. My fourth time, I came in two thousand five to film Premium Blend with Damon Wayans. My fifth time, I came with, to do that um, show 
for CTV Wedding Crashers? Uh, it was um, it was called Wedding Crashers. No, the Wedding, wedding Zinger. Zingers. Yeah. That was my fifth time, the and then my zingers. sixth time. I don't really count because I didn't really go to New York. I went to Levity Live. <laughs> but Nyack. my sixth time was with Rodrigo, who came in for three hours. This is my seventh time here. Wow, wow a lot of times. Huh? A lot of times. But I got to see more today than I did the, the previous times. Because let me tell you, man, you do more when you're with a girl. <laughs> when you're with a bunch of guys, everybody decides to stay in a hotel all week. Okay, we're going to do that all week. <laughs> And that's fun too. Yeah, I like to stay in a hotel, but I wanted to see some stuff. I don't like it. When I'm, even when I'm on the road, I don't get up at all. I don't know what, I just, when was the last time I was at where I just slept all day? I don't know. I forgot where I was at, man, but I love sleeping in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's going to suck that I got to get up at 5 or 5.30, whatever time I got to get up. I'm getting up at 6 tomorrow. I want to pack right now. I want to pack right now. Pack for us, please. I want to pack right now and then get up at six and leave. You want to smoke now? No. Not throw it away. I'm good. Leave it for a homeless person or something. Yeah, man. On the street. I will. I'm going to be the joint ferry. All right. Oh, this is our episode, I guess, huh? Yes. Disjointed. It's all right. Also, I'm going to be, this week, I'm going to be at the Tempe Improv. Mm-hmm. Tempe, Arizona. And April next week? April 7th through April 10th. El Paso? And then the week after that, El Paso, April 16th, one night only, at Abraham Chavez Theater. And the week after that? The week after that, Reno, Nevada, April 21st to 23rd, at Reno Tahoe Comedy Club, inside the Pioneer Underground. And the week after that, April 28th through May 1st at Houston Improv. Yes. Also, check me out on Comedy Central on This Is Not Happening. Yeah, This Is Not Happening. If you have Comedy Central, go to their app or go to their website and you can watch the replay of uh, his episode where it was called Melee because it's all about fights. Uh, all the theme for that episode is all about fights. And you can watch Felipe's. Anything else? That's it. That's it. All right. Enchilada casserole. Enchilada casserole. Goodbye.